money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? Of course I'm ready. I'm always ready. Great. I'm glad. Good to hear. (laughs) Should we do some housekeeping and get that out of the way first? Yes, please, because okay. we'll end up in the topic and we wouldn't have done what you need to do. Yes, and we're pretty excited about the topic today. That we, is. Uh, just as a as a precursor. Oh, I shouldn't no, do this. Don't, no, I'm not no, going to do don't. it. Ray's here with us, so there, there's <laughs> okay, the introduction. A- okay, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, but to, to open up our show, this is the show where we talk about the hard issues around money. I'm Dave Van Oppen, and I'm here with my wife, Reb. And uh, if you haven't heard one of our shows, then you need to hear, we're happy that you're here today, and we'll give you access to all the other shows just special for you <laughs> listening today. <laughs> the it, we, we are through Black Friday, so you've heard all the sales pitches, and I'm going to give you one. If you want to hear an archived show, go to morethanenough.ca or chri.ca, and all the shows are hosted and archived there. Um, there's some great shows this fall. We've had such great feedback from some of the shows where yes, we had we uh, some of our people who have been through coaching, and we just love highlighting those stories, and, and you love hearing those stories. So if you want to download the podcast, if you have a, a podcast platform that you listen to, we're on iTunes, we're on TuneIn, we're on Google Play, all really all the major uh, podcasting uh, platforms that are out there. So if, if we're not on your favorite podcasting platform, please reach out to us at morethanenough.ca and we'll get on there for you. So welcome to the show, Ray. Thank you. Good to be with you again. Yes. Good. So by and, way of introduction. Pastor Ray Borg, or as my kids call him, Friar Ray. <laughs> Friar Ray. Ray. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you um, may as well give Ray's credentials <laughs> on Friar Ray. He's from, uh, I don't even know what your title is anymore, but I know you're with Financial Discipleship Canada. So that's... <laughs> Ministry and church liaison. I know. Yeah, it's just too complicated. So I'm just going to call him pastor. MCL. Yeah, okay. yeah no. <laughs> you know, anyway, if we have an okay, acronym, everybody right. fits yeah, in, right? right. So. <laughs> anyway, so, I have are... scripture. Oh, no, I have scripture, scripture? because okay. I'm going to introduce this this time. Yeah. So today we have asked Ray to share his story of, and maybe we, I guess we should have had Arlene here, you know, but um, about his journey of recently selling their home and buying their home and the things that he has learned and Arlene mm-hmm. have learned along the way. And apparently Arlene says that if we go to the blog at Financial Decision, Discipleship Canada, we can follow, we could have followed the journey <laughs> and how he was feeling about that move and everything. She said, I would just on have to Facebook. go read, yeah, on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. I would just have to go read his blogs and uh, find out how he was really doing. <laughs> anyway, Arlene's his wife and they've just, uh, they're still coming through that journey yes. of moving. So we're going to hear a little bit about it, but I was asking the Lord what verses, and of course you're going to tell me, well, they have nothing to do with money. And in some ways, yeah, Who am I no. to argue with God? I know. But no, anyway, I know. I know. I, these verses deposited out of the blue this morning, and they're from Psalm 27. And I want to read. Um, it, it's not about it's not about uh, our house, but it's about God's house. Um, the psalmist wrote, 
uh, in Psalm 27, verse 4. And we know the worship song that goes with it. So, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. I mean, that, and it goes on. Um, my heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Um, I was thinking about it because we're talking about home, a home. Mm-hmm. We're talking about leaving a home and living in a new one. And mm-hmm. in our world, we all need a home to live in, especially in Canada where it gets cold. We don't build shacks. We don't live in huts, hopefully, in our nation anymore. Um, but what are we really seeking, even in the journey of, of leaving one house and buying another as you've gone through? What should be at the forefront of our mind always? I mean, the psalmist says, this one thing I ask of the Lord, that I would dwell in his house all the days of my life. When you think about those verses, that mm-hmm. our focus and our pursuit is being in the presence of God in his house. Now that there's a picture there, of course, we're not going to heaven, hopefully today. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we have a few more days on the earth, but, but it, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Cause when you think about David writing the Psalm, uh, he has experienced on this earth, any number of homes, right? So mm-hmm. he lived out in the wild and and you know was caring for sheep and probably sleeping under the stars and relatively no shelter so to speak and yet we know from other psalms that that is a place where he connected with the lord a lot and then you've got hey he lived with his parents and his brothers and just like we all did when we grew up and then you know he lived on the battlefield in temporary shelter and then he lived in a palace and then his own desire and we read that at the end of his life to build the house of the lord and that how how that was such a burning desire for him and and in my mind anyways i see that that psalm coming out of that time where he's like I want to build the house of the Lord. Like, this is my, I, I but don't just it, stay But there. for him, he discovered that whether he was in the cave running from Saul or no mm. matter what home he was in, his home was really with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And even as we hear Ray tell the stories this morning of what he's learned in transitioning from one physical shelter to another, I think what I've seen in Ray and Arlene's life is that their pursuit of God hasn't changed in the midst of it. It hasn't shifted. It it maybe has been distracting (laughs) (laughs) from being. (laughs) And I know Ray and Arlene, they would have rather been fully seeking the Lord and not having to pack boxes. Mm -hmm. Like, I I do know that. But anyway, those are the verses that came to me this morning. And I'm not sure why, but um, I guess it's a reminder what, the ultimate seeking is, is not the physical home we live in here, but the Lord's presence. That's right. Yeah. And you know, um, the thought that came to mind is that sense of the welcome mat is always out Mm -hmm. to come into the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that certainly was one of our 
dreams that whatever house we moved into had the capacity to hold large numbers of people because we like to welcome people into our home and have it a safe place where they feel accepted and loved upon. And uh, mm-hmm. that was one of our criteria in searching for our new home was that it had space to accommodate people, mm-hmm. um, particularly around our dining room table. Because in our past house, it was a little tight if we put 12 around the table. And now in this new home, having had people over for Thanksgiving, 12 was very comfortable in our, our new dining room. So that was a real gift for us. But um so that was, you know, one of our criteria in, in, in moving that. And, you know, as we were talking just before we went on air, that whole sense of um, when you transition from one place to another, you you kind of look at life at a, it's kind of a moment in time where you kind of mm-hmm. look because you're shifting from an old season into a new season because you're having to pack up all your belongings. Mm-hmm. And I think for both of us, we handled that differently. For my wife, it was much more emotional. Um, finding stuff that she hadn't seen in some years from her growing up years, from high school, college. I had done some of that purging already a few years earlier. All my college notes mm-hmm. that I had kept, thought, you know, I may reference this at some point, but with the availability of everything on the internet, was there really any purpose mm-hmm. of get, keeping that kind of stuff? Textbooks from our, our college days. Well, we really don't need those. They're so outdated. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. thinking is quite different. So we can let go of some of those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And we didn't know what size of house we were moving to. So mm-hmm. um, part of it was like, well, what do we need to hang on to? What stuff could we release? What stuff maybe we need to hang on for a bit and then make the decision once we're in the spaces to see how things all fit. So it, we felt like there were there were stages we had to walk mm-hmm. through. And so um, I know for me, one of my criteria as I went through a lot of this stuff was, is this stuff that I'm going to use? Is it stuff that I want to hang on as a memento? Is it something I'll revisit with my grandchildren and tell them stories about it? Is it stuff that my kids are going to get annoyed if they find it sometime <laughs> and think, why didn't dad just throw that out? And so I, I did. I used that kind of criteria and, and started weeding out pretty extensively on a number of things. And a lot of my personal stuff went down into two boxes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my wife did the same kind of thing. Then there were times when it's like, do we really need to hang on to it or could we make money off of it? Mm-hmm. So um, there were two things. One was a lot of our stuff went to Bibles for Missions. I don't know how many car loads of stuff <laughs> we took through on that kind of stuff. And then there was always a decision, okay, is this saleable or should we just pitch it? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when we arrived there, I would ask the young man, I said, do you think you could sell this? And he said, yeah, we can do that. We even had them come and get a truckload of old furniture. It's like, you know what? We're not, we're not taking that right. at this right. point. We're ready for something different. Um, I'm not sure what that'll look like. But then there were other things was like, you know what? We could sell this. Mm-hmm. And so my wife would post things on Kijiji um, and people came. Um, we had a woman who worked in the far north. We had a set of plates that were done by an Inuit artist. And she was ecstatic. She happened to be in town for some meetings, and she came, and everything was packed up nicely, and she was so excited at the mm-hmm. find that she had and wow. taking it back and flying it up north. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, and uh, you know, there was an art piece, too, that my wife had had, and she had posted it, I think, on eBay, and uh, um, she had packed it away in a box with 
wrapping paper and a number of other things. And it was an open-ended box. And I thought, oh, I can shove some more stuff in there, <laughs> shove some stuff in there. And so she got an offer from eBay <laughs> and she pulls it out and there's some creases in it. Fortunately, the material was such that some weights changed that. And we had, you know, a few hundred bucks from that gift. So we were able to sell a number of things that actually helped cover some costs for us in the move because the move is not cheap between mm-hmm. all the lawyer fees, real estate fees, uh, simply renting a truck and moving things mm-hmm. or getting movers in. Um, so everyone out there listening to you right now is saying, okay, I'm just going to stay put for the next 10 years. I know. I think Dave, Dave and I moved 12 years ago and oh. I think we're still tired from that move. But anyway. <laughs> I don't know if I'm tired. I certainly look at around in the sense of go, oh man, doing another move. You know, five kids, all the stuff that you think, well, this is going to go to the next kid. This oh, is going to go to the next Mercedes kid. And yeah, Mercedes, yeah. recently married, has sent mm-hmm. a lot of her stuff back to mm-hmm. us. And we're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, we we just duct taped that stuff up and, and <laughs> stuck it out in the shed outside. So it is it is varmint proof. And, and uh, I would say probably pretty, uh, pretty um, uh, waterproof. But, and uh, and you know, minimal. It's yeah. not, not much. You know anyway. what? I think, like, I, you know, I look at my kids they're pretty much minimalist. Yeah. They don't keep their stuff around like we did for yeah. years and years. Um, and it's like, okay, you know, like bone china. That was a big thing when I, I got married. Everybody had their and their our set of my girlfriends and I talk about that all the time because we get inherited plates from our parents who are passing away and you're like well what are you going to do with that and if you don't use it it breaks and it's brittle so then when you do pull it out anyway and then you can't stick it in the dishwasher and i I think there's a certain i don't know the folks that i hang out with we're like no thank you like but what do you do with all that beautiful stuff that we gave some of that away it was like we never use this stuff it's too tedious and you know time consuming to look Mm -hmm. after and all that kind of stuff so it is interesting then. Those mm-hmm. things, you know, I think sometimes I, 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 I caught myself a couple of times, Lord, is this reflective of our heart? Sometimes we hold stuff Very in our heart stuff. too. And it's mm-hmm. like, we really don't need to hang on to that stuff because it really serves no more purpose and mm-hmm. needing to let that go. Even though in the past it served a good purpose in its season. Yes. And those are the hardest times because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's an emotional attachment to it or there's a a memory attached to it or there's a a useful and you Mm -hmm. think, well, you know, I use that and and I I don't need it now, but I might use it in the future. And and again, some of that rationalization and, and when you go through the purging, you do have to, in a sense, go, okay, I need to know myself or I need to create an environment where there is a, a check and a balance. And that's you can do that with your wife in the sense mm-hmm. of say, okay, I'm going to listen to you on this box, honey. There's a bunch of stuff in there that I'm just not – I want to keep, but I'm not so sure that we should. Can you go through that? And you have a different sense of, of maybe what you feel is important. And then and, and the discussion happens there because there can be certainly a significant um, – yeah, navigating. Let's just put it yeah, that navigating right. yeah. of some yeah. of that stuff. Tension. Because, yeah. well, and it, Did you guys have <clears throat> tension? Or oh, was yes. <laughs> we, we, we were comparing notes with an, another couple who are in the process of doing the same thing. And we talked about this different starts between husbands and wife, mm-hmm. you know, because that was a bit of a joke, you know, because <clears throat> both women would unpack a bunch of things and they'd start packing it. And then 
they weren't quite sure yet. So then they'd move on to another area of the house and um, pull stuff out and start doing that kind of stuff. And the husbands are like, let's just start in one corner and just pack everything. And either you make the decision to move it on or that kind of stuff. But the emotion around some of those things just took longer to process now for the I, wives. But I remember some, I, yeah, how you went through one day. I can't remember what Arlene said, how you walked with her through that day. I can't remember what Well, we did. had, she found the box with all her wedding cards. Oh, And yes. so she was like, well, what do we do with these? And I said, I have an idea, honey. How about we sit down on the couch together and we will go through them. We'll reread the cards that we've not seen in 30 years. <laughs> Let's go back and reread them and see, and then then we can pitch them. And so we're, we, we did, we, we pulled them out by piles and began to go then we you know we had we had 250 at our wedding so Mm -hmm. you know we went through all those cards read the notes again and unfortunately some of them we didn't even remember who they were anymore Mm -hmm. because that was 30 years ago they may have been Mm -hmm. friends of our our parents or anything Mm -hmm. and then we reflected upon the seasons of life how Mm -hmm. some of those friendships have moved on but at the end i think arlene took two or three cards that had real significance emotional attachment mm-hmm. for her. the rest all got thrown in the garbage and she felt releasing by but, freedom but by you that also part. heard her and you and you took the time with her yes. to walk that through so i i guess maybe that's just a hint for for us as couples mm-hmm. or even with our kids yes. you know when we hear that there's something significant for them because because as as we purge through stuff and seeing whether it's value or in this age where there's a great minimalist thinking, right, of of getting rid of our stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to be mindful of each other and what is valuable to the people we care about. Because I can, now Serena, our seven-year-old, would want me to keep the world in her room. But I'm, you know, that's another story. But, But what is a value to David? And sometimes David's extra little parts that he keeps from all the like little things drives yeah. me crazy. But then one day I'm like, how did you fix that? He goes, oh, I just had this and that kicking around. So, you know, I just, you know. You just never know when you might need no, that. No, and yes. that's, his, that's his, what he yeah. loves. So I yeah. have to make sure I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to make sure all that stuff ends up in a, in, in one location, yeah. kind of hidden away that Rebecca doesn't know, you that know, my secret, secret stash of, of goodies. I have to laugh because we, I built an outdoor kitchen this summer and, and yeah, you know, there, there are two events. With stuff people the, gave us the, and wanted us to store for them. The, there are two events in my life that, that <laughs> highlight the thriftiness. Uh, uh, the first is, 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 uh, quite a few years ago in our first house when, uh, we had, we decided we needed a, to renovate to do a school room because mm-hmm. we had a, a small room. So there, just the way our house was designed, there was a wall that if I took the wall down, that it actually was a perfect square to fit the floor, which would, so, I took this wall down and I flipped it and made it the floor. So now it was the floor and I put it all together. In the end, I think I did built the entire room for about 300, not even maybe about 150 bucks worth of flooring 
and a bag of nails. And I, the friend who was helping me, we were just about done. He says, so what did it cost you to do all this? And I said, a bag of nails and the flooring we're putting down. And he's like, no way. Because like, what all- about the wood? What about? And I was like, no, no, had it all here, right? Uh, but we built the outdoor kitchen. And it was the same deal. Just people over the years had collected. And finally, I said, oh, I got to get rid of this stuff. And it was yeah. actually a... I got to get rid of this stuff. There's a bunch of stuff I need to purge. And then it was like, you know, I can build an outdoor kitchen. We've been talking about an outdoor (laughs) kitchen. And two weekends later, all that stuff was cleared out, Mm -hmm. which was happy time for both of us. And and it needed to happen. And then all of a sudden we had this outdoor kitchen, uh, which, again, was amazing when we were doing the canning this fall to be able to work outside with all of in an out, outdoor yeah, kitchen. Yeah. So, you know, in some senses, I know, and, and Ray, we had this discussion, the purging actually kind of moves you into, oh, you know what, I know that I've needed to tackle this. And whether it's moving or whether it's cleaning up or whether it's just trying to create space because mm-hmm. something yeah. has changed and there, there often needs to be this impetus, right, of something to get you to start to purge because – I think we, and, and I don't think there's, I think I can say this as a generalization, we just, stuff seems to collect. <clears throat> the more space you have, the more you collect. It's, it's, uh, yeah, uh, just, it's totally true. Uh, unless you're intentional yeah, about, yes. no, I don't want that. No, I don't want that. I mean, in our house, there's there's bags of clothes that come from friends and people that, oh, this would look cute on, on one of the kids. or three, And we're like, no. Because I used to think, well, if someone gave it to you, you should be appreciative of it and, and use it. And then I realized, well, the girls weren't wearing this stuff or yeah, they didn't matter. like it. So mm. I say, okay, are you really going to wear it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, are you really going to wear it? Well, maybe not. So if they say maybe not, it out it goes. It, and anyway, it's a and very... And this kind of moves into that phenomena of it's cool to get stuff, right? Like it's yeah, cool yeah, to get yeah. something new, even if it's just new to you. It, mm-hmm. It's cool to get some stuff. And then you realize, what the... Why did I? Yeah, why yeah, did that's I? Right. Let's keep that. Why did I get that? That uh, uh, I think we we had that a little discussion around the Black Friday frenzy of of buying frenzy and and you know we move into that that mode where you shake your head after whether it's buyer's remorse and you say what was I thinking mm-hmm, when I, yeah. when I got that or when I said yes to that and 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 recognizing that there are some good things that you can yeah that's good and I can whether it's buying or whether it's it's giving but when you're moving as we've been talking about today mm-hmm. That's a major event to purge. So some good discussions with you and Arlene. There were some really good ones. Yeah. 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 Some emotionally, very emotional ones too. Just, you know, really, do we really need to keep those things? Mm -hmm. But there is something really freeing once you come out the other side, knowing that you you actually had new space because Mm -hmm. you had so much accumulated in those areas. And suddenly the freedom that you experience is quite amazing. Um, you know, because we did it in two stages, you know, the, the stager came through and said, you need to thin things out. So we filled the garage in our neighbor's garage. And it was like, you know, three months later, it was like, you know what? We haven't missed most of that stuff. So let's not know, bring it with us. To yeah, let's not place. bring it with us. So yeah, some of the stuff got brought away again. There's so. something spiritually significant as I listen to you about when you transition into a new season mm-hmm. in life in general, not taking what was in the past with you 
um, physically or spiritually or emotionally. Mm-hmm. That, and that that is a process. Watching you go through the purging, how that was harder than you anticipated, I think. Yes. Or I don't think you sat down and thought, oh, this no, is going to be hard. Right. Yeah. You just go through it, right? We yes. just go through these things. What did the Lord speak to you about in this process? You know what? I think um, the constant reminder was you're moving into a new season. And sometimes the way we think, the beliefs we've held on to, how we approach life, the way we see the life, the lens which we um, have our perspective, sometimes God's want to tweak some of those things. And Mm -hmm. so I just look at it and think, okay, Lord, how help me to remember that i'm letting go of the old season i'm doing it in a physical kind of sense letting go of some of the stuff i've hung on to um but lord help me to see what it is that you're drawing towards me like in our new community you know i suddenly felt like you know i suddenly had the revelation we moved into retirement community that was not our expectation and it's like okay and I was like, I felt the Lord immediately say to me, this is a little group you're going to pastor. There's a little community here. They're very, they look after each other. They're, um, they're very diligent to watch over each other's houses. We've experienced that just in the month we've been there. So you know then that there is an atmosphere there. You're moving in as a Christian to just say, I'm here, Lord, let my light shine. Mm-hmm. Let your light shine through me and touch these people. So. I feel like that's a new transition. Okay, Lord, you put me in a new place. Maximize it, Lord. Mm-hmm. So what kind of things would you say to people to help them if they're either in a physical moving season or in a season where they're sensing a shift or change? What kind of things would you say to help them walk through the process? You know, I think the first thing would be just to pray and ask the Lord for the strength and the grace if you're moving physically to to walk through those seasons and letting go of it because it brings back memories, stir stuff up, and the, the smallest thing can trigger stuff. Um, you know, I got rid of my high school years. My high school years weren't such great, but the yearbooks, like, why am I hanging on to those? I don't need those. You know, even my Bible college days, I just kind of flipped through and I was like, no, I'm not quite ready to give those out because there were notes in there from dear friends in that season who I've reconnected through with, with social media. <clears throat> so, um, but Lord, what is it that you want me to let go of, mm-hmm. even spiritually? Mm-hmm. And um, ask the Father. And I... And he will show you those things to say, you know what, there's an offense here. Why don't you just release that one? Mm-hmm. It's not doing you any good. Do you want to pass judgment on them? But are you ever going to be able to that? Are you going to encounter again? No. Because that is like a weight. And it's you don't want to bring that weight into mm-hmm. the next season. So really it's spending time with the Lord, even as you're packing boxes or as you're walking, uh, mm-hmm. you know, through the job interviews or any of those things. You're just open to the spirit. And and even I was just thinking as, as we're talking, you know, even as we come into Christmas, which is typically a time of accumulation, mm-hmm. you know, it's a time that stuff is going to come into the house in one shape or form. As we wrap up, maybe we can take the opportunity in the next number of weeks, even as we prepare for Christmas to go, you know what, I got to get rid of some stuff. I got to purge some stuff mm-hmm. just physically, but also maybe connecting the spiritual side of things and say, you know what, in preparation for Christmas this year to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work and, and have some of those conversations, sit down and, and pick a room or pick a, a closet. But even. some people I know have a box and it's, it, I mean, there's two things I think of at, as the Advent starts where you take a box for the food bank yeah. and you add 
food mm-hmm. from your cupboards mm-hmm. and and see how much food you could actually fill you know how a couple cans every day i'm sure our larders are full of mm-hmm. things we can fill a box with but the other is um giving a box to everybody in the house and say you have 24 days to let go of things in your bedroom mm-hmm. and you pack that up and you give it away to mm-hmm. to whatever charity you'd like and um uh, yeah, or, or, or throw it out, or, or maybe if you find the gift for your <laughs> for your sibling that you you know didn't want to spend money on, but you know, <laughs> hey, you gave this to me 15 years ago, and I still have it. I'm giving it back to you now. You know, regifting works wonderfully in a lot of places. We're not even. We're gonna we're gonna pause it. We only have a few minutes left, and that's a whole new topic. But but, uh, but as you do yeah. that, then it goes back to the verses. Then you're seeking the face of the Lord. Mm. You're saying to the mm. Lord, "I will seek Your face only." Not not the stuff. It's not about the stuff. So, Father, I just thank you that it's that you teach us, that mm-hmm. you help us walk through these times, that you helped Ray and Arlene and are still helping them walk through as they even uncover boxes as as they're in the basement and all of those things. But Lord, we just thank you in this season of Advent that we're heading into. I pray that you would help us reflect on the greatest gift and all that you gave up in glory uh, to be with us. Mm. And you, nothing was attached to you on this earth except love. And that's what we want to have attached to us and carry into the next season. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Well, thanks again for joining us, Ray. It's just such a pleasure to, to hear your advice, but also we had this opportunity as you move to, to use that. So if you uh, have need to listen to one of the other shows, and I think you do, there's a little poke from Dave, then they are on morethanenough.ca and chri.ca. If you'd like more information about Financial Discipleship Canada, uh, notmine.ca is their website, notmine.ca, and you can check out resources there. And uh Well, join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.